1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's go. Does anybody even know what we've been talking about? The, the gifts of the Spirit. If you said love, you're on the wrong service. You weren't here last week. I was here in spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Let me tell you about this rain. I sat at the airport from 4.30 till 1 o'clock in the morning waiting to get out, and they sent me home. I finally flew out Wednesday with Lisa. It rained, and we came in. It was raining so bad they had to land the airplane in Tampa and wait an hour to get us into Orlando. That's when I decided we need to start taking authority over this mess. I got in there. There was hundreds and hundreds of people waiting to get on the airplane. I thought... Woo, glory to God, Jesus is Lord. All right, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So in 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 4, let's read. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's differences of ministries, the same Lord. There's diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, to another a word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings. And we're going to talk about that. And I want you to look at that. Gifts is plural, healings is plural. Am I right? All right, by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers or different kinds of tongues. The word different is italicized, which means it's not in the original Greek. So it literally says another kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as who wills? He does. Now, because we're going to talk about the gifts, plural, of healings, I want to talk about healing period. Healing is, is the body recovering from dis-ease. God's will is not healing, it's health. Amen. Now, I want you to think about what I just said because we're going to have to make a differentiation tonight between you being healed and you walking in health. They're different. They're the same sort of, but they're different. And the reason is, is I'll explain this as we go. God's desire for you is that you never get sick at all. And I'm going to show you that when it comes to you believing God or to operate in the gifts of healings. Now, the reason I showed you gifts of healings. Well, let me back up. I don't want to do that right yet. I'll come back to that. I better come back to that in a minute. In God's way of thinking, it would be better if we never got sick. Go to Psalm 103, verse 1. We're going to take our time right here. I'm going to show you a bunch of scriptures, but I'm going to show you how to believe God for your healing and for your health. Psalm 103. A lot of scriptures that we say promise us healing is actually promising us 
health. I'm going to ask you a question. The prayer, heavenly, um, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many sick people are in heaven? There aren't any. How many people are needing healing in heaven? None. When you go back in the garden, you've got to think about the fact that Adam never got sick. You've got to think about the fact that Jesus never got sick. Moses never got sick. Joshua and Caleb never got sick. We have been so programmed by television and religion that everybody must get sick. That is completely wrong. All right. I told, um, as a matter of fact, Layla, I was in visiting um, your lovely husband about an hour ago. Had a little talk with him and prayer with him. But anyway, um, there was a lady that went, I think it was the Philippines, and a plague broke out. And people everywhere were getting sick and dying. And she's a medical doctor, and she came, and she made an astounding statement. She said, I can treat you for your symptoms, but why don't we find out why everyone is sick? When people say a plague broke out, there has to be a cause. Now, if you learn this, it'll really, really help you with your faith. So they looked everywhere in the village, and finally, after maybe a few days, someone found a dead pig in the well. It had been there a long time. It had rotted, full of maggots, everything else. People were lowering buckets down in the well and pulling up bad water, and everybody in the village was sick. They had someone go down on ropes, pull the dead pig out of the water. What do y'all think happened to the plague? It went away. Because you removed the cause. God's will is, and I'm, let me say this to you. If there is sickness that stays on you, you need to go to God and go, what is causing this? Because God's will is for you to live in health and not get sick. There's kind of like almost a mindset that it's kind of like it's flu season. Whoopie do. You don't have to get the flu because it's flu season. I said something one time, and I'm going to say it now, and I want, I want you all to think about it. Your body has an immune system. Did you know that? Did you know that when I was a boy, I used to play outside in barefoot and eat dirt? What do you think is happening when you're constantly around bacteria? Your body is building up an immunity to it. You know, how many of y'all have the little mark on your arm where they gave you the polio shot? We all got them. Do you know what they did? They gave you polio in a tiny dosage so that your body would build an immunity to it. When you go to Mexico and you drink the water, I got news for you. You're going to wish to God you didn't. But if you're going to live there, you need to start drinking small amounts of it so your body will build an immunity to it. And then the Montezuma's revenge will stop. I'm preaching real good, aren't I? Okay. A Christian should never get sick. What a thought. What a thought. 
This is going to explain, because we're going to go into about the gifts of healings in a minute. But Psalm 103, look at verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of mine iniquities and heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfies my mouth with good things, so my youth is renewed like an eagle's. He's not talking about being healed. He's talking about walking in health. All right, let's look at another one. Psalm 105. Go to Psalm 105. Just to one page over. Verse 37. Children of Israel, and we're going to get into this on Sunday morning. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Not this Sunday, but very soon. We're going to get into the blood covenant. It says, he brought them out with silver and gold. And there was none feeble among the tribes. Three million people. Nobody limping. Nobody with a runny nose. Nobody sick. You know, it was, what, was the, what was the thing where uh, the Moses movie with um, uh, Charleston Heston? I mean, they had old decrepit old people in wheelchairs and all that. I wish they'd go by the Bible. That's a bunch of poof, poof for all. I've seen old people. Matter of fact, my next door neighbor, bless her darling little heart. She's got a roof leak. She's 85 or 87 or something. So I was tying up Lisa's jet ski the other day because the rain was coming, and she's on a roof. And I went over there, and I said, Phyllis, what in the world are you doing up on your roof? She said, well, I have a little leak. Well, she didn't have a little leak. She got a massive leak. I climbed up there, and her whole roof is messed up. So I'm tomorrow, before I went to Tulsa, I got up there and patched it to the best I could. And tomorrow morning, I'm climbing up there and put her some roll roofing down. But I mean, I said, lady, what? I mean, this lady's in almost 90, and she's climbing, running all of them down her roof. Well, I told her one day, I said, don't stop doing that. Right. You're thinking, oh, no, Pastor, you don't want them to do that. No, as long as she's going to climb up and down ladders, run them down her roof, she ain't never going to get sick. Because the moment you stop and get in one of those, excuse me, if I ever walk in and find a word of life or running around in one of them dead burn wheelchairs in Walmart, I'm going to snatch you out of it. I don't care if it takes you one hour to get back to the back. You walk. That's why your body's falling apart because you're sitting on your ha-ha all the time and won't get up off of it. You need to move your body. I want you to go out to the. I want you to go out on YouTube and get the get the get the song "Shake Your Booty." And I want you to go home and I want you to shake your booty. I want you to dance and jump and holler and shout. And you quit sitting around being so old and old and decrepit. Okay, I, that's my station identification. Y'all, no reason for you to get old just because you got some age on you. Amen, amen. Get up and go do something. I've seen men in the gym, 75 years of age, that, that look like Superman. And there I'm going, what in the world am I look terrible? So, so anyway, I'm, I'm working on it. Okay. But I'm still in the old geezer section, but I'm going to move up soon. But I'm the, I'm the best old geezer in the old geezer section. So they're about to move me up. So anyway, so it says they brought him out with silver and gold. There wasn't even a feeble. Three million people. This is Old Testament. It's not New Testament. We have a better covenant. So, so when we read a scripture, and I'm going to show it to you right now. I, I got to go there. 
James 5.14, and then go back to, then pop Deuteronomy 7. James 5.14, I want you to look at this. And he asked a question. Now, have you ever thought about the fact that you wouldn't ask this question today? Is, well, let me read it. I want to read it. Is any one of you suffering? Let him pray. <coughs> Do your own praying. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. He's asking, is anybody in your church sick? You wouldn't ask that question today. You say to the 99% of y'all that are on drugs, prescription and or otherwise. Because we think if we're taking a pill, we're not sick. Well, you're sick if you're taking a pill. But he says, if anybody's sick, which means that he, had, he was asking a question because you're not supposed to be. All right, I'm saying all this for this reason. <clears throat> One more, Deuteronomy 7, 15. Go over there. <coughs> if you're not supposed to be sick, what are the gifts of the healing for? The lost. Benny Hinn have a meeting. Every Christian in town was in it. They didn't take one sinner there. They probably did take a few. I'm exaggerating. Deuteronomy 7, 15. The Lord will take away from you all sickness and afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt which you have known, but will lay on those on all those who hate you. Well, then maybe you ought to quit hating somebody. Maybe you'd get healed. Okay. All right. Isaiah 53. Go over there now. And I didn't give you the, the, the rest of it, but you'll figure it out. Isaiah 53, let's read it now and see what it really says. It says, verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He's despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. The, the, the Hebrew word griefs is sickness and sorrows is pain. And you say, well, wait a minute. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, then read Matthew where Matthew translated it, sickness and disease for you. And Matthew's right. Okay. But he's talking about the fact that when Jesus went to the cross, he took all of your sickness and disease from you. It says, we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes... We are healed. Now, you've got to see something here. And, and this, is, this is going to be, you, you just have to see this. You were is past tense. If you ever mess that up, you're going to get involved in this mess. Oh, God, heal so-and-so. Here's his answer. I did. Now, that is the reason why you see people who are born-again Christians praying constantly for God to heal somebody and nothing's happening because there's no faith in that. All right, I'm going to prove it to you. Let's say that Catherine is not a born-again Christian. And she comes in here tonight. She says, Pastor, I've been, I've been asking God to save me. I've, I've, been, I've asked him every day to save me. And she dies on the way home. She's going to go to hell. And she's been praying for a year for God to save her. Now, you know, I just blew people's minds. Yeah. There is, we're saved by grace through faith. Yes. 
Jesus is not going to the cross tonight for Catherine. She's got to receive what was done by faith. Jesus, I see in the Bible you bore my sins, and so now I receive them by faith. Wouldn't you think that healing would be the same? It is. Now, if you're not going to study the subject and you're not going to get rooted in it, you have no faith in that area and it won't work for you. If I went into a Jehovah Witness church tonight and preached salvation, honest to God, I believe it would take me months to get them saved. Not God. They're so rooted in wrong doctrine that it would be a bear just to get them simple faith in Jesus. But if I went to a Baptist church and I preached on healing, it'd take me a half a year to get him healed. But you can go to children's church and get them all healed in 10 minutes. So you got to get over this idea that you're waiting on God. God is waiting on you to get your head renewed because you, listen, don't get, you, you are, you, many of you are screwed up because you went to another church. It would have been better if you'd have been a heathen. I said that with all the kindness I could say because we've been trained religiously, but not New Testament. Jesus has already healed you. So listen to me. That's in your covenant and it already belongs to you. When you were born again, the new birth, the word sozo is healing. The word sozo is salvation. The word sozo is deliverance. It's a package deal. You got it the day you received Jesus. It already belongs to you, but you have to appropriate everything on the new covenant by faith. So then God told the children of Israel, I have given you the promised land. Did he expect them to fight the enemy? Yes. Well, and wait a minute. Why did he give them the promised land if they had a fight? He gave you healing, but you've got to fight. You've got to put up a little bit of fight here and go, that's mine. You're not taking that from me. Because the devil is not just going to leave. He, he's been in there so long. He's, he's saying, I got rights to this person. I've got rights to your body. I've got rights. You've got to cast him out. You've got to drive him out. And you've got to drive him out with the word of God. If you go home tonight and you got someone in your house, drive them out. Don't sit there and say, sometimes God sends people to live in my living room. And sometimes, no, throw the bum out the front door. If he, come, if he comes back, call the cops. If the cops don't come, pull your Glock out. Shoot the sucker. Get rid of him. Drive that dude out of there. Don't let some bum live in your house. It's your house. Don't let sickness live in your body. What are you doing allowing sickness to live in your body? If you've got termites at home in your house, you don't have termites. The house has termites. If you've got aches and pains in your body, you don't have aches and pains. Your body does. But then don't, don't say, every, you know, God can't trust everybody with termites. He gives some people termites and other people, he don't give them termites. Termites are eating up my house, bless it be the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, spray the little sucker.
suckers. Kill the little devils. Get them out of your house. You're not supposed to have termites in your house. And if you have roaches on your counter, can I help you with something right now? Clean the house. They can't stay if you don't feed them. Clean the counters. Pull the stove out. Get that grease that's been dripping down for 25 years. That's why you've got roaches. If you've got sickness, there's a cause. Boy, I'm preaching real good. The gifts of healing aren't for the church. You have a covenant with God. You're supposed to be walking in health. And if not, go back and find out why you're not. Don't get in condemnation if you've got roaches. Just find out why you've got roaches. If you live in an apartment complex, it might be because the guy next door is filthy. You might have to go over there and clean his apartment for him, do the Christian duty and clean his house because they're all his roaches are coming over to your house. But you know, I don't know whether to tell you all this. We don't have a roach in our house. We, don't have, we just don't have roaches because our house is clean, clean, very, very clean, clean. Pull the stove out if you want to. There ain't nothing dripping down behind our stove. And Lisa, the way she sweeps and mops and cleans everything, there ain't a roach. This roach would starve to death in our house. Well, sickness will starve its death in my body too. I just don't have all that mess. So, so, so you've got to find out there's, re, there's a cause for it. And I'm not sitting here pointing the finger and blaming you. I'm just saying that if there's termites in your house, don't get upset. Just go out there and say, well, I wonder why I have termites in this place. I had a house I, I built over here, and it's not supposed to have termites because it was made out of saltwater cypress, and, and termites don't eat saltwater. But I came out one day, and I, under the window, I started having termites. And I pulled all that wood off and just ripped it off and threw it away, sprayed the dickens out of it and replaced it. And I put me a barrier down there and told them little things. I cursed them in the name of Jesus. Don't you come and eat in my house. I have a wooden house. Termites look at that and go, dinner. <laughs> and the devil looks at you and goes, dinner. You got to drive him out and get him off of you. Amen. <laughs> Okay, y'all are enjoying all this. I can see it. So, so whenever someone looks at you and says, you know what, I've been praying for healing. But listen, you, you, God doesn't want you just to get healed. He does want you to get healed, but you need to, you, you, as a Christian, you need to use your faith for health. So let me ask you a question, just a silly question, just a silly question. Let's pretend for a minute that all of our last names are Trump. Okay. How many of y'all would be believing God for some money? Not with the last name Trump. So if Donald Trump gives all of y'all $100 bills, they're not for you. They're for you to pass them out on the street to the people who need some help. We're supposed to be helping the world out. And we're so sick, we can't help ourselves out. So the job of the evangelist, and we're going to see this in a minute, the primary anointing on an evangelist is the gifts of healings. Because the man or the woman you're praying for has no covenant with God. Amen. Wow. Now, does that mean that people come in the church sometimes with the gifts of healing? Yeah, because there's babies in here. They're baby Christians, and there's times God just has mercy. But he really wants you to grow up and learn. And I know that bothers people. It really, it really does bother people, but I want you to get over that. There's a progress in your spiritual life when Josh and Karen just had a baby. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something. He don't have a job yet. 
As a matter of fact, I'll just tell you this right now. He's not even, he's not even cleaning his bedroom yet. He's just laying there sucking milk. That's all he's doing. He's just a little sucker. He's just drinking milk and crying about it, pooping his diaper and waiting for someone to do it. But I'm going to help you right now. I hope Matthew's not doing that. I just don't think Matthew is doing the same thing as the baby is doing. Karen and Josh are waiting on that baby hand and foot. Let me tell you something about God. When you first get born again, he is going to wait on you hand and foot. You're going you're gonna to cry, and he's going to help you out. Don't do that when you've been saved for five years because and will get you a spanking when you've been saved for five years. And the ones of you that have been saved for 20, you, might, you need to quit. get you spanked. Am I wrong about that? There's a spiritual growth. There's a process that's supposed to be happening in the body of Christ. So let's pretend for a minute that we are called to be Trump evangelists. He gives all of us $100 bills, sends us out in New York City, and says, I want you to go out and I want you to help as many people as you can. And then when you get them in there, I want you to get them in my headquarters and I want you to start helping them get on their feet. Would that be a good idea? Sure it would be. Getting bums off the street, but they have to be willing. And the goal is to get them a job, not to keep handing them $100 bills. God did not put evangelists in the earth to keep getting you healed. That may upset you. But that's the reason why when we have healing lines, all the baby Christians get healed and all the older people, you don't get nothing. And you go sit in your chair and the devil goes, God don't love you no more. Yeah, he does love you, you big baby. You might as well just grow up. <laughs> How am I doing? We had not talked about gifts of healing yet, but I got to talk about this before we can talk about the gifts of healing because some of y'all still waiting on the, I want the gift of healing so I can pray for everybody and get them healed. It don't work that way. It says the spirit wills. Now let's talk about why it says gifts, healings. Most of the time when God anoints a man or a woman with a gift of healing, he only gives them a part of it. In other words, when you see someone that prays for people who are blind, you, you never see him pray for anybody to get out of a wheelchair. Everybody deaf and dumb and blind comes in his meeting and gets healed. Kenneth Hagin People from everywhere in the world that came and had cancer came to his meeting and got healed. But I went to his school. I don't think I saw two blind people get healed in that man's whole life. And I think there probably was that he, he tells about blind being healed. But, but, but the gifts of healings, he only had one piece of it. So why would God do that? Why would God use one man just for deaf people? That's just deaf people, that's all. Because the goal is to get them saved. Are y'all out there? Or are you going? This is that's a massive. I just said something massive. And if they get born again, then they have a covenant. Now the Holy Ghost is living in them, and He can take them from needing to get healed all the time to health. Which is kind of like the guy with $100 bills getting a job at Taco Bell and in 10 years running the Taco Bells and in 20 years owning the Taco Bell. That's the, the, there's a progress God's trying to get you through. If 20 years later you're still on the street looking for someone to give you money, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not handing you any more $100 bills. 
And I'm going to tell you, you get in the healing line up here and don't get mad at me. That's why it says, call for the elders of the church, have them anoint you with oil, with the prayer of faith. And that means you're going to use your faith with that pre preacher. Now, now, I'm going to tell you why he does that. Because there's times when you get a load you can't carry. And you say, this is bigger than my faith. Then say, we'll call for the pastor. We're going to hook our faith with you. But you're going to hook your faith with us. You're not, you're not going to rely on, I'm not, I'm not feeding you. And I'm not going to wipe your bottom either. Now, I'm saying that sounds crude. It sounds crude. I'm not trying to be. That's, that's the mentality of you, you have been saved for 5, 10, 15 years. You can't even find a scripture in the Bible, and you want someone up here to get it for you. you, you that's wrong. That's why we have Wednesday night meetings. So sometimes if you pray for someone, they don't get healed. Don't back away and say, well, I don't have the faith or something like that. Look at them and say, how long have you been saved? How are you doing? Let's, let's see if we can find the cause. Let's you and I talk a while and see if we can find out what's wrong here. Is it bitterness? Is it sin? Or is it lack of knowledge? Is it that you don't know? Why don't you know? Well, I'll never read in my Bible. Well, when we found the cause. Okay. Now let's ask God for mercy. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. He will give you mercy. But he's not going to keep giving you lazy booty mercy all the time. You're going to say, well, I'm going to make up my mind right now. See, it, faith's a hard issue. Yeah. There's times God will have mercy on you and you'll recover. But um, anyway, anyway, y'all getting this, right? All right, okay. Um, so what is healing? A, a healing is an anointing to minister to the sick. Acts 4, 29, go over there. I hope y'all are enjoying this. You know, this is the kind of stuff, I didn't know this for years. I, I used to get healed all the time, easy as pie when I got saved. I thought, my God, this is easy. Then one day, eh, it worked so easy. I cried. Eh, told me to shut up. <laughs> Acts 4.29. Uh, I think that's what. It says, now, Lord, I want you to look on their threats, I'm talking about the people in Jerusalem, and grant to your servants that with all boldness we would speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders will be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God with boldness. They're asking God for an anointing to go preach the gospel in Jerusalem. And I'm going to tell you something, God will do it. And, and he did here. Not one place did it say, give us the anointing to get us all healed. He said, you stretch out your hand to heal. He's talking about people who are not even saved. Here's why. They have no covenant. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. They don't have any faith. They have any faith in God. They have any covenant. So, so he's doing a sign to attract them to maybe I would like to get born again. That's what happened. I told you my story a hundred times. I walked into Ernest Andrew Crusade and God healed me by the power of God. I went forward and got born again. Amen. And I was healed supernaturally by people laying hands on me many times for the next few years. I finally got to the place where years and years and years and years, I never even got sick. When I went through my thing with my heart, that's the first time I'd been sick in, in 30 years. 
That's why it shocked me. But I had become negligent. Don't shout me down. I'll, I'll come back there and I know y'all act like y'all ain't never done nothing wrong and I can't stand that. All right. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Matthew 8, 17. Go over there and let's look at Matthew. Here's Jesus praying for people. Matthew 8. And we're, and we're watching Jesus praying for the lost. And we're trying to use that in the church. The woman with the issue of blood. That's the woman with the issue of blood. Well, let me tell you something, sweetheart. I'm not a sinner trying to get hold of Jesus' garment. And I know it's a famous song, but it's wrong. I'm going to say it one more time. Y'all didn't get anything I just said. The woman has a old covenant. She has an issue of blood, which meant it came and went and came and went, caused by the devil, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went around doing good and healing all the oppressed of the devil. Do you have authority over the devil? Yes. Under the old covenant, they didn't have authority over the devil. So Jesus came and exercised authority. She touched his garment and the anointing came out of him. Where is that anointing now? It's in you. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't, don't go to a Holy Ghost meeting and try to get a hold of Jesus' garment. Because then every time you get sick, you got to go back to that preacher. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. The body of Christ has, has stayed in, the, in a babyhood stage because nobody ever told us any of this stuff. If you have authority over the devil, use it. Amen. You get off me, you foul devil from hell, and plead the blood of Jesus over you. Now, let's talk about the blood a minute, even though this ain't my Sunday morning service. When they brought a lamb to the priest, did they test the person bringing it, the priest or the lamb? What were they inspecting? The lamb. When you bring the blood of Jesus, God's not inspecting you. That's good news. All he wants to know is this the blood of a perfect lamb. And you say, yes, sir. And when the blood is applied, the devil has to go over your house. Now, your house, you are now the temple of God, the Holy Ghost. The God lives inside of you. Your body is the temple of God. And the devil has no right to the body of the Lord Jesus Christ because of the blood. That's what it means when you say, I plead the blood, devil, you listen to me. We're not talking about whether you are good or bad. It's not a matter of you being perfect. You're trying to get God to answer your prayers based on the fact that you've been good. He's not going to talk to you. He only talks to you at the blood. When you bring up the blood, God comes and shows up. The word propitiation means the place God meets you. In other words, it means mercy seat. You want God to show up? He meets you at the blood. He will always meet you at the blood. So are you washed in the blood? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, then you've got authority over that. Tell the devil to get off your temple. Hallelujah. Take his termites and go someplace else and eat somebody else's body up. 
Now, this will work. I mean, if you just do it. But you have no faith in that because you don't study it. You've been too on Facebook too much. I didn't think you'd like that either. Hallelujah. I made you mad twice already. Hallelujah. <laughs> Matthew 8, verse 16. And when evening came, talking about Jesus, they brought many who were demon-possessed. There's still a lot of demon-possessed people now. Let me tell you something. People who are not interested in God have a devil. People who are not hungry for God have a devil. People who are stubborn and rebellious have a devil. People right now who cuss and get angry, they have a devil. So you say, well, I've never seen anybody with demon possessed. Yeah, you have. You just didn't know it was the devil. Because if God won't let them in heaven, they got a devil. Okay. So, so if they're, <laughs> if they're demon possessed and he cast the spirits out with a word, notice he didn't lay hands on them and healed all who were sick. How many? All of them, that it might be fulfilled, was spoken by Isaiah the prophet himself, took him from the born. And I told you that that's what it said in Isaiah, because he's quoting Isaiah, and it says over there uh, uh, two, two other words, and you and people have said, that's not what that says. It don't say infirmities and disease yet. Matthew said, yes, it does. So Jesus went around and healing everybody, but he was, he's healing sinners. Now you say, well, that means that sinners have it better than me. No, 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 no. You are Trump. Don't be coming around, I'm poor, I'm poor. I'm, no, you ain't, you're Trump. Amen. Boy, I mean, if, if, if Trump's son comes up and starts whining about being broke, the whole world would go, what? You don't know your daddy. Maybe you don't know yours. My God will meet all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, my God, if he's healing a sinner, don't you think he would give it? He called healing the children's bread. Yes. He's, he's out handing $100 bills out in the street and, and the kids are hungry? That ain't right. Any sick among you, there ought not be in the church. But we've been so ingrained in it. You turn on the television. Every commercial's a drug. I curse all commercials. We, need, we mute them because if not, we'll have a prayer meeting in the living room. I bind you in Jesus' name. I mean, Lisa's in the kitchen binding the devil. I'm in the living room binding the devil. And they're telling you right there, you're going to get it. I ain't getting nothing. Okay, <laughs> go to Acts 8. I'm going to prove something to you. I'm trying to help you to get the gifts of healings operating in you. But you've got to get, you, and I'm, if you get sick, listen to me. Don't you ever be afraid and get in condemnation and not ever walk up in this church and say, Pastor, get your anointing oil out and lay hands on me, pray for me. And, you are not super Christian all the time. You, there, you got your yo-yo days. You got your days you're on it. You got your days you ain't on it. You know that. That's why he puts you in a body of people who love you. You don't sit back there and say, I ain't going up there and admit I ain't got no faith. You ain't got no faith. Come on up here. Now, <laughs> but don't stay there. Come up and say, you know what? Now, let me tell you something. There's a time that the load is heavy. 
Now, the Bible says bear one another's burdens, and then it says bear your own burden. Now, what in the Sam Hill does that mean? Bear your own burden, bear one another. The literal Greek rendering of that is you bear your light load, and then you help other people with the heavy ones. That means that if you've got some little problem, use your faith on it. But if the doctor gives you some big stinking report, you get in here and get somebody to anoint you with oil. You say, that's a little bigger than I got the faith for right now. I'm going to need a little bit of assistance up here. Get in agreement with me and get that oil out and call for the elders and have somebody up here lay hands on you. And don't run around in condemnation. And then don't fail to call us because you're afraid that we'll find out you're having a battle. I have to preach the best. That's not to put you in condemnation if you're here. I'm going to tell on myself because I can't tell on y'all. When I went to the doctor and he said, you have congestive heart failure, I didn't have the faith to believe God to be healed. Oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. Well, I just did. I've had faith for a lot of stuff, but that was just a big mountain to me. So I believed I would recover. I could hook up with that. And they told me, you're going to need a pacemaker. And I said, in Jesus' name, I won't. Now, that's my first. So what I did was I just attacked this thing, and I just went in first grade on healing. I just decided I'm going to get to the place where I'm not going to die. That's my first faith project. I'm just not going to die. I'll live and not die. Well, I didn't. And I didn't need a pacemaker, so my faith worked. But I still had congestive heart failure, right? Come on, y'all. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You can talk to me. It's all right. So the next thing I was having problems with was getting to the mailbox because I'd get out of breath. Well, I went with Lisa and Dan one time. We went someplace in Tennessee, and I told him, I said, y'all go ahead of me because if you're waiting on me, you're gonna be, it's going to take me an hour to get to that, that waterfall down there 100 yards away. So, so anyway, I don't know how far it was, two or 300 yards away. And, and so her and Dan walked on and talked and enjoyed theirself. And I'd get to a hill and I'd walk up about, a, 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 you know, 20 yards and I'd stop. <sighs> By stripes, I'm healed. Well, at the end of a year, I, I was able to walk like a mile. Ooh, baby. Now, here's what I've learned. I'm going to celebrate every victory. At the end of a year, another year, I was walking two miles. Then the end of that second year, I climbed a mountain in Alaska. Amen. And I stood on it and said, hey, devil, <laughs> I told you, sorry, dog, you wasn't going to kill me in Jesus' name. All right. Now, I started going to the gym. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't get on that treadmill. I might as well fall off that treadmill. But I'm going to tell you lately, I have been jogging on that trip for about 30 minutes. Not an hour yet. 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 So the last time I went to the doctor, he said, your heart's back perfect. Amen. Now, are y'all okay? I, I just decided that I was going to have to get my healing in pieces and, and use my faith in peace. Is that it? Do y'all understand? I'm trying to help you to stay out of condemnation. If you, if you don't have the faith for something, then, then, then take this thing at one step at a time. What do you believe? 
What can you believe for? Let's get an agreement on what you can believe for. Are y'all okay? I mean, it might be little to everybody else, but they're not walking in your shoes. Tell them to be quiet. Now, when I started believing for money, I mean, my God, I supernaturally broke. I had to believe for $1 an hour. I couldn't believe for $50,000. I didn't have that much faith. So when I made six an hour, it was all the faith I had to believe for seven. And I got my $7 an hour in the name of Jesus. I got it. And I started believing for eight. I did that every year till I hit 11. And then I went to the end of the year result. Then I started saying, I make this much a year. Right now, we have far surpassed that. One time in the church here, and I won't tell you how much money was coming in, but I just told Lisa, we just we jacked it up a thousand dollars and said that's how much comes in this church. You say, why do you do a hundred thousand? I didn't have that kind of faith, but I did have a thousand dollar faith. And in a month, we were bringing in a thousand dollars more, and then another month, another thousand dollars more, and another month, another thousand dollars more. We have increased almost 50% the finances in this church because I pray over y'all's finances. I pray over y'all's job. I'm asking God, you bless them coming in, bless their work, everything they put their hand to, you bless these people. And so the, the number of people increased some, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God has been, he's, but I just started calling it in. You say, why didn't you believe? Now, see, when I first started giving, am I y'all okay with this? A hundred dollars. $100. Man, it was all I could do. I mean, when I first started, $5. Y'all heard me tell that story, but I mean $100. I gave $100. <sighs> oh my God, $100. And I remember a few years later, I gave two. Woo. A few years later, I gave a $1,000 bill. I mean, oh my God. And I remember the year, Lisa, and I gave $5,000. There better be a God. There better be a God. And it all came back. Come on, y'all. Now, why didn't you start off at $5,000? I didn't have the faith. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help you. If you'll just start where you are, health is for you. Don't get in condemnation where you are. You just believe for health at whatever level you can believe God. If you're talking to someone who's sick, they've been sick so long that sickness is more real to them than the word. It's going to take a little time to get them on the word to where the word is more real to them than what's going on in their body. It's hard for them to believe that. So that's the reason they've got to meditate in the word of God day and night. They've got to have fellowship with God. They've got to start seeing themselves healthy. I had a hard time seeing myself climbing a mountain, but I forced myself to see it. And you have to quit talking about it. Well, a doctor said, well, I'm not going to tell you to deny what he said, but I am going to say, don't talk about it all the time. Talk about what the word says. Talk about what the word says. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Holy Spirit will lead me into all truth and I'll know the truth. Truth will set me free. And I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out. Abraham's blessings are mine. 
And bless God, he has bore all my sickness, carried my diseases. Glory to God. He forgives every iniquity, heals every disease, renews my youth like an eagle, so I ain't going to act like an old geezer in Jesus' name. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what, what's, I told you to go to Acts, Acts 8. Did I, what did I tell you to go to? Acts 8. 8, 4. Yes. Now I want you to look at this. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Philip went down the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was joy in the city. What is Philip? Go to Acts 21. There's only one person in the whole Bible that's called an evangelist. Acts 21, verse 8. Tell me when you're there. The next day when they were in Paul's companions, departed and came to Caesarea, they entered the house of Philip, the what? The evangelist. Are y'all getting a picture here? The gifts of healings, and I'm not saying that the gifts of healing don't operate through the people in the body of Christ as the Spirit wills. I am not an evangelist, and I've had the gifts of healing operate through me, but it's not predominant. It happens, but doesn't happen all the time. So that's why when people come and say, Pastor, you're an evangelist, I go, no, I'm not. See, they think you're an evangelist if you, if you preach like cotton. If you're real dry, you're a teacher or a pastor. If you're really boring, you're a pastor. So, so go with me back again now ha, 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 to 1 Corinthians 12. And let's pop it on the screen because I got to go to, I, I got to go someplace. 1 Corinthians 11. It says, it says to another faith, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. In Ephesians 4, 6, it says he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But in 1 Corinthians 12, it doesn't mention the pastor's office, and it doesn't mention the evangelist's office. Why is that? Because the pastor's office is in tongues and interpretation, and the evangelist's office is gifts of healings and, and workings of miracles. That's why you see them operating a lot through Benny Hinn or Reinhard Bonnke. Do you all see that? Is Kenneth Copeland by Bible, an evangelist. No, he's a prophet. Now you'll have gifts of the spirit, but he doesn't have a real strong move of people being healed in his meetings. Now the government calls him an evangelist because the government only recognizes pastor and evangelist. The government doesn't recognize anything but two offices. So if you're not a pastor, then you're an evangelist as far as the 501c3. But we all know that Kenneth Copeland is not an evangelist. He's a prophet teacher. Kenneth Hagin was a prophet teacher. Okay. Y'all get it. Okay. All right. Go to 1 Corinthians 11. What about Christians who get sick? I'm going to show you something now. Kenneth Hagin said this. When Christians in my church would get sick, I would always take them to 1 Corinthians 11. So I'm going to show you something about healing as a Christian. Do y'all want to know? Yeah. Yes. Okay. This is important. 
Um, verse 23, I received from the Lord, which I delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, the same night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we're remembering what he did. In the same manner, he took the cup, the new covenant. As often as you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. He wants you to remember that he bore your sickness, carried your diseases, and by his blood, your sins are washed away. That's what he's trying to get you to remember. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and as he eats the bread and drinks the cup, he who eats and breads in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. Now, God is not judging him or putting him under judgment, not discerning what the Lord's body. For this reason, remember I told you to find the cause. Many are weak and sick. And many die early. So what's the reason for Christians being weak and sick? Not discerning the Lord's body. You're going to have to break that down into two areas. Number one, sin. You're not going to live in sin and walk in health. You got termites. Clean them out. Get the sin out of your life. Every step out of love is a step into sin. Clean it up. Okay. Now, remember Jesus prayed for a guy and he says, he said, now I've healed you. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come on you. Somehow or another, we've got the idea that loose living is okay because I'm saved. It is if you want to be sick as a dog and broke all your life and have a miserable life. He who would love life and see good days, refrain your tongue, quit running your mouth, quit gossiping, lying, cheat, steal, cussing, getting mad at everybody, critical. Clean your mouth, clean your life up. So there's a cause for that. If that's the reason, then go back in the Bible and start working on, cut the carnality out and get yourself back into a place where the Spirit of God is not grieved living on the inside of you. Now, the other reason is because people don't know how to apply the blood. I would say there's more Christians who are ignorant of the blood than are just living in sin. They don't know what belongs to them. They don't know how to appropriate it. And you see them going, oh, God, heal me. Oh, God, heal me. And they're good people. They're not living in sin, but they're not appropriating the blood. They're, they're not discerning that he's doing it because of the blood. Amen. You're relying on your good works and whining and, oh, I'm terrible. And you're whining and whining's not faith. So you're not discerning the Lord's body. When you take communion, communion is a time in the church for you to get healed, for you to realize that you got saved because of the blood and you're going to get healed because of the blood. And you're coming to God and saying, Heavenly Father, I'm coming to you and I'm coming to you and I'm, and I'm asking you for healing and I'm bringing the blood of Jesus. And he can't tell you no. Do y'all see that? So you're, it's a powerful thing when you understand what you're doing in communion. You're reminding God, hey, I'm in covenant. Not a feeble among them. You're not supposed to be sick. But if you're going to get, now Satan's biggest, his biggest way of weapon against you is guilt and shame. He's going to bring up your past. If you don't understand righteousness and faith in the blood, you're going to constantly be worrying and thinking about how bad you are. He's going to tell you how bad you are every day. Yes. You good for nothing, sorry, losing, 
You got mad yesterday. You cussed. There's no reason you're sick as a dog. If I was God, I wouldn't heal you either. Then you come to church and you go, oh, God, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm as good for nothing, lying dog. I'm asking you to heal me. And you go home and you get mad and cuss again. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Hold on a minute. You, I was cussing all the way to the crusade when I got saved. He didn't save me because I stopped cussing. He saved me because of the blood. If you're not going to, you have to know that God loves you and that he does everything because of what Jesus did. When you get excited about what Jesus did, you'll quit cussing. <laughs> Do you understand? All of those, all that guilt and shame is the reason why you act like a heathen. So it's almost like it's backwards. You had to come and realize that you're saved by grace. And thank you, Jesus. Have I told you thank you for what you did for me? Oh, my God, you shed your blood for me, washed me, and made me righteous. I'm going to tell you something. Healing starts working in you because now you're shifting all of that shame over on the cross. And now you're excited about Jesus and Satan can't defeat you because your faith is in Jesus, not you. But the minute he gets your faith in you, I just don't have no faith. Well, then who would you think was going to get you healed? You? You know, if we had a service in here, we're going to do it one Sunday morning where I'm not even going to get up and preach. We're just going to worship God for an hour and a half. If I could, honest to God, get you to get your eyes off yourself and worship God, you'd go home healthy. Now, I'm going to tell you why I hadn't done it. Always somebody. I thought she was going to preach. Well, I'm going to make somebody mad. I might as well just go ahead and make the ones that want to hear me preach every Sunday mad. Do y'all understand? I understand preaching the word. I understand that. But there really needs to be some real strong fellowshipping between you and God. Not based on you. I'm going to tell y'all a story. When I got born again, now y'all don't know how bad I was. Because I've never told you how bad I was. But I gave you a hint when I told you they kicked me out of a city. They don't kick normal bad people out of a city. And my buddies were the outlaw gang. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of an idea. So when I got saved, I would lay in my bed at night and I would cry myself to sleep. God, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you. You don't know what it meant to me for him to have mercy on me. I didn't deserve mercy. I deserved wrath. And he healed my body and he saved me. I would lay in my bed at night and cry. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I would lay there every night and cry. That's why he would come in the room and sit in a chair and talk to me. It wasn't because I was so hot. It's because he's hot. Do you understand when you lose that humility and you think you're all that? Don't you ever get in the place where you're not willing to get on your face. We're not worshiping because you're having a good day. We're worshiping because he's good. 
Do y'all understand that? That's, you got to get this thing right in your head. We're not coming to church and you don't sit back there and go, well, I'll tell you, I'm just a jerk. You are a jerk. Get your hands in the air and worship God. <laughs> we all know y'all. Come on, y'all. I'm being serious. It is in his presence that you're changed from glory to glory. So if you got a lot of guilt, you can't go in the presence of God with guilt. You got to get that guilt off on someone, so lay it on Jesus. Jesus took it, not me, hallelujah. It's because of Jesus I'm going to heaven. It's because of Jesus I'm saved. It's because of Jesus I'm healed. It's because of Jesus I'm blessed. It's because of Jesus, it's totally because of Jesus. And that didn't change because I've been saved for 42 years and 10 months, hallelujah. You stop shouting, you stop worshiping God, and you're going to get sick. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. You got to get in the secret place if you want to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Y'all got that? You got that? So if you say, well, I don't know what to do. Well, just get your hands in the air and start worshiping God. Listen, the joy of the Lord is your strength. They that wait on the Lord swap strength with God. It's simple, folks. I mean, being thankful and worshiping, it'll just get you all kind of prayers answered. I'll feel like it. I'll bet you feel like going to the doctor. I'm going to say something else to y'all. Just make me mad as heck. People come in here and you sit in the doctor's office for four hours and you can't come to church because you are sick. Want to slap the stupid off your face. I was in the doctor's office all day long. Mm. <laughs> I didn't see you Sunday. I was sick. I went doctor Monday, and I went Tuesday, and I went Wednesday, and I went Thursday, and he took all my money, and I ain't got no tithe, and I'm broke, and I was so tired by Saturday, I couldn't come to church. I bet you're going back Monday, too. Yeah, they told me to come back Monday. Come on, y'all. Slap some stupid Christian upside the head. My God, if I was sick, they'd wheel me in here. I'm going to die, I'm going to die in the will of God. I'm just going to get in the middle of the will of God and just, that's pretty good preaching for a young man. Father God, thank you that we found out tonight that the gifts of healing really are for us as we're ministering to people. I mean, it's not that you don't use them sometimes for us, because you do. You said in Psalm 23, goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. But we also found out tonight that your greatest joy is for us to walk in health. And you do love us, and you will use the gifts for us. But, Father, I'm asking that everybody in the sound of my voice would realize that it's a whole lot better to learn to walk with you and to walk in health. It belongs to us. Find the cause of it and get it out of our life and find out what's wrong and just pray until the Holy Ghost shows us. And then just just start working with you, and you are a merciful God. You're not going to just turn us over the devil and let him kill us, but you're going to work with us because it's time for us to grow up and to be a blessing to someone else. And as we're out ministering to people, there will be times the Spirit of God will come on us and we'll lay hands on someone 
and the Holy Ghost will come on us and they will get healed. And Father God, we thank you for the gifts of the Spirit in this church. As we go out, as Jeannie goes out and ministers the kids in the mobile home park, we ask you for the gifts of healing to operate. And Father God, as Shirley goes out on the streets, for the gifts of healings to be in operation. When she walks up to some old woman out there and just the mercy of God, compassion just comes on that woman and heals her body and shows her how good Jesus is. And Father God, we give you glory and honor. And thank you for showing us tonight how you operate and how good you are. And we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.